right, Daniel. Are you ready to get the show on the road? I'm ready. Are you excited? I'm excited. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to cue this up here and hit... Oh, wait. already did. It's recording. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cue the intro. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we have new equipment, so hopefully we sound better. I hope so. I'm your host, Jordan, and sitting across from me here is Captain Fabulous, Daniel. Hello, hello. Today we're talking the new Marvel movie, Captain Marvel here, starring Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's go higher, further, faster, baby. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Well, before we get started here, Daniel, let's talk about what we're drinking. And this week was your week, Jordan, to bring us some new beer. So, what'd you bring us? All right. Well, this is probably the last time we're ever going to have a beer from this company. This is uh, Burnside Brew. We've talked about them a couple times here on the show. This week, I brought in their wheat ale with scotch and apricots. So, hold on there just a second, Daniel. I'm going to open this up here and give you a little taster. I haven't gotten a handle on this particular beer in my search to just kind of gather some up for safekeeping for a little bit. Yeah, I just found it randomly. It was on clearance, like $3.50 a bottle at the Fred Meyers by my house. But here, Daniel. All right. Try this out. Mm. And let me know what you think. Oh. (laughs) Got a little spice to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does have a little spice to it. It's got a little little back burner on it. Mm-hmm. The sweet heat. Yeah. Yeah, if you drink it fast, it's going to have some definitely some effects. But, yeah, it's good. I got a couple bottles of it, but, yeah, probably not going to be around much longer. Well, it won't be around much Ooh. longer. Well, this might be the first beer that we disagree on, but I do not like this beer. No? No, it's got, like, I don't mind. You have to drink but, this one really slow. Yeah, I don't mind heat. Like, I'm one for spice, but this particular beer... And just it's got the, some good spice to it. Just the way it kicks, I'm not not a fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I don't want spice in my beer, but that would be the only thing in my life that I don't want spice in. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay, well, let's get on here with Weekly Look Back. And let's talk about movies and things we've seen this last week outside of the main one. All right, well, did you see anything this week? So I've got two I'll be talking about. All right, I got two as well. Yeah, two as well. You want to go first? Sure, sure. All right. So one is a movie I've seen a million times, and now I've seen a million one times. And the other one is brand new to me. But since leading up to Captain Marvel, there was one Marvel movie that I had not seen in the MCU yet. And they put it on Netflix, so I didn't really have an excuse, and I figured I needed to get filled in. And the movie I watched was Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I know a lot of people... Well, I mean, I know... You're not a huge fan of this, but I really like Paul Rudd and the Ant-Man character. Well, I'm a huge fan of him as the character. It was just that movie. I was just like, eh. Yeah, I mean, like, it was it was fine. I, I enjoyed myself. I, they had some really good funny bits. I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, this movie is a few years old now, so I'm assuming if you're keeping up with the MCU, you've seen it. Uh, I do love the his fast-talking friend. I forget his name. But I just love when they give him the truth serum and they just I'm like, oh, that's great. And he just keeps talking and talking and talking. And then his friends are just like, I'm sorry, but 
you get you put in a quarter you gotta let the whole song play out <laughs> so i i did enjoy that um i don't know I, I i just have fun with this movie i do like paul rudd a lot um it had some good moments yeah this one it had a lot of good moments to it but as a whole i just think it fell pretty flat and I, yeah, it's probably one of my least favorites of the MCUs. It was weird, but kind of there was like virtually no threat because there is like the uh, I forget his name, Morpheus from Matrix. Yeah. But that actor, like he just wanted to help but not hurt anybody. And the other guy was just a regular gangster who stood really no actual chance. Like he was clever, but really no actual chance to get away with it. Yeah, I, I guess my biggest complaint is I just didn't like how they spent half the movie looking for her mother. And like, first off, how does her mother survive 30 years in the quantum realm? If time froze in the quantum realm, fine, but she comes out 30 years older, so how does she survive all that? Yeah, because even in the first one, the rules that they establish are, like, he even says, like, time, like, almost is, like, a non-concept there, which makes you think, oh, it doesn't pass at all. Right, but as far as, like, her mother's story go, I'd rather her mother have just died a hero back in the day, and now she's kind of picking up the mantle of the Wasp. That would have been pretty awesome, but we instead we spent half the movie trying to find her mother. I don't know. I just, for an MCU film, it was kind of fell flat for me, but you're the one reviewing it, so I'll stop butting in. No, I know. I'm like, like I said, I really, I still enjoyed it a lot. I had fun, and Ant-Man is mostly fun. Like, I can't really think of anybody else who would kind of pull off this character as well as Paul Rudd, but no, I, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's what I watched. So, what'd you watch? All right, so I watched a couple films. My first one was a classic from 1993 called True Romance. Uh, you've been talking about this one for a long time, trying to get your hands on it for a while now. Yeah, it's a hard to find one. I mean, I eventually just rented it just to watch it, but I was hoping to just buy it because you know, it's a written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Tony Scott. I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Scott, but he directed classics such as Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Days of Thunder, Spy Game, Man on Fire. His last directorial effort was Unstoppable with uh, Chris Pine. Oh, the train one. Yeah. He's, okay. I I've, never saw that, but that was his last one. I've only seen Top Gun. Wow. Out of that whole list. Well, he's got, he's got some good ones on there. He was definitely a one of my favorites from back from back in the day. He is sadly no longer with us as of a couple years ago. But anyway, so True Romance. Heard about this movie for a long time. Written by one of my favorite directors of all time, Quentin Tarantino. And amazing star list. I mean, I'm just going to read off a few of the star names here. You've got Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, James uh, Gandolfini, and Chris Penn. Just to name a few. Wow, that's kind of crazy because a couple of those names are just names that you just don't see anymore outside of 80s movies. Like Christian Slater. And Val Kilmer, you don't really see those guys anymore. Not too much anymore, no. And Chris Penn, uh, again, is no longer with us as well. So my overall thoughts of this movie, uh, I liked it quite a bit. Let me, actually, before I get into that, I'm going to read just what the synopsis is of this movie real quick here. Bear with me. I'll, I'll, I'll just read this one. All right. <clears throat> so the synopsis is, in Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine... And the mob track them down and attempt to reclaim it. And written by Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah. And I gotta say, uh, I like this movie quite a bit. There was a lot going on. I didn't quite know what to expect, but I liked it a lot and I really want to watch it again. Uh, I can't believe it took me a little long to watch it, but I can see why it's a cult classic. The acting in this is top notch. 
Uh, I mean, this thing just spews talent all throughout. I mean, everything, everyone is great, including the lesser known faces. Uh, there's a lot of memorable scenes in here. A couple that stood out was, uh, well, I'm going to show you a couple scenes, actually. Um, a couple that stood out, though, uh, was Clarence confronting Alabama's pimp, as well as a brawl between Alabama and Virgil, who is played by um, James Gandolfini, which is, if you don't know that name, that's um, Tony Soprano. Oh. So he's, this is like... I think six years the before The Sopranos took place. Anyway, I don't want to give anything away, but I do want to show Daniel just a couple clips here. I'm going to... Uh, Daniel, you can't look because you know the rules. I'm not looking. All right, so the first one here, I'll tell you when to look. All right. He was asking about Alabama. Where the f*** is that bitch? She's with me. Who the f*** are you? Oh, my God. I'm her husband. Christian Slater. Is that Gary Oldman? That's Gary Oldman. Well, that makes us practically related. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see if you recognize Gary Oldman or not. Oh, I know. It's like the face is right. I've never heard him talk like that. But Gary Oldman is just an excellent actor. And I don't know about Christian Slater. He's good. Uh, I just know that he's not really around that much. He just, I don't know, lower budget stuff now. It's not like. Anyway, so there's, I just want to see you yeah, show you Gary Oldman and what he looks like in this. Like, I mean, he transformed for this. Like, he does pretty much anything. Anything. Like, he's so good. And the next clip I got for you is just it's the part of the brawl between you know Virgil and Alabama here. Okay. This is it, baby. Moment of truth. Give me kind of an idea of the violence in this. <sighs> Got a lot of hot kids, you know that? You wanna play? Hmm? Is that what you want? You wanna play with daddy? Come on. Come on, I'll give you one shot, cause I like you. Stick it in me, baby. Come on, stick it in daddy. Stick it in me. Go ahead. Come on. Come on! Come on! Surprised he's not. Surprised he's not knocked out. Oh my god! Well, I want to say it's a Tarantino film, but it's not. But he wrote it. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I do want to show you just one part coming up here. Give you kind of a taste of the uh, oh. violence in this movie. Oh my! But yeah, you know, I totally recommend this movie. 
again, like I said, I want to see it again because there's probably so much I missed the first time around. But yeah, great acting, great directing. Hans Zimmer did the score, and it's a really cool, memorable um, score, too. Okay. Like, it really sticks out. It's not quite what you would think for a movie like this, but it sticks out, and it's it's awesome. So that is True Romance. Daniel, what was your other movie you saw this week? All right. Well, the second movie I watched, actually, it came because I listened to a podcast. Uh, shout out to Wizard and the Bruiser. Not like they need one because they're really successful. But um, they had recently put out their third of the original trilogy of Star Wars episodes. So they did The Last Jedi and just listen to them talk about it. I'm like, oh, man, I really want to watch this movie again. But then I'm like, well, I can't just watch the last one. So last night I uh, watched A New Hope which is a movie I've seen so many times. Excellent. So I was just, just having a great time watching it. I was just like sitting in my room, headphones on, watching it. Um, was just quoting the lines. almost quoted every line through the movie. I was just, I was enjoying myself. And it was even, uh, it was even a, something that I <laughs> noticed, which I don't know. I didn't do this on purpose, but at the very end scene when they're walking down at, for the ceremony, I literally like was at that point, it was like 11 o'clock so I was kind of starting to doze off so I was just like laying down on my bed and then when that came on I just like sat straight up <laughs> during that whole scene I didn't stand up but I think it was just out of respect <laughs> but yeah I just it's, it's, I mean a movie from like 77 1977 Star Wars New Hope still holds up still brings me just as much joy as when I was a kid awesome you recommend it oh Obviously, <laughs> I would say uh, watch the prequels and then watch A New Hope so you really appreciate it even more. <laughs> watch Rogue One first. It leads up to it. At least Rogue One is decent. I like that one. Yeah, it feels one. out of all the Star Wars we've gotten or out of all the new Star Wars. I feel like it's probably the one that feels the most like Star yeah, Wars. No, I love the OT. I will always love love it. And yeah, that first one just kicked it all off. Yeah. Just amazing. Everything. It's got my favorite starship of all time in it. The Millennium Falcon. Yes. It's just it's so much fun from start to finish. And I'm probably going to end up watching the second and third one pretty soon here, too. Oh, cool. All right. Well, oh, did you have one more, Jordan? Yes. OK, go ahead. All right. So my other film I saw this week, actually saw it a couple times this week, was Thumb on the Wheeze. So, I first saw this movie probably 15 years ago, just rented it from the library, watched it. I remember enjoying it quite a bit, but yeah, for some reason just have never watched it again. And then this last week, there was a movie theater near my house, and they were playing it, so I'm like, well, I'm just going to go on down there and uh, check it out. So, went and saw Thelma Louise on the big screen, and I gotta say, love it. Thelma Louise is written by Callie uh, Corey, I think is how you pronounce the last name, and directed by Ridley Scott. So, the other Scott brother. Yeah. Also, you know, who you know has done Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator. Now, those I know you've seen. I, do, I have seen those. All right. Probably because of you. Well, good. But yeah, I, hands down, love this movie. So, I mean, I'll give you a real quick here the synopsis of this one, just to fill you in in case nobody has seen it. Louise is working in a diner as a waitress and has some problems with her boyfriend, Jimmy, who, as a musician, is always on the road. Thelma is married to Daryl, who like his, likes his wife to stay quiet in the kitchen as he watches football. One day, they decide to break out of their normal life and jump from the car and hit the road. Their journey, however, turns into a fight 
or excuse me, their journey, however, turns into a flight when Louise kills a man who threatens to rape Thelma. They decide to go to Mexico, but soon they are hunted by the American police. Oh. So that's the synopsis of uh, Thelma and Louise. So, you know, it's an, it's an adventure. It's crime drama. It's, it's all of it. But man, Hans Zimmer once again does the score to this, and I forgot how good the theme to this was. It's a great memorable theme song that just it's kind of a good just driving down the road theme song okay okay i know it's definitely i'm like you said you saw it once and then you text me a couple days later like i'm gonna go see it again yeah fortunately they were playing it really late on weekdays so i wasn't able to join you but i did however see that they have it on prime so i might try and check that out soon too yeah and i just i was just sitting there in theaters just in in awe like i just forgot how good this movie was like great script it actually won an academy award for best screenplay ridley scott did a great job directing it the acting is great in it anything everything from the cinematography and the editing it's just it's a great well-made movie and yeah i don't know it was just uh it was cool just kind of going back in time a little bit too it's kind of funny because you in a lot of scenes you see louise is a smoker so you see her smoking in cafes okay and you see a dollar 19 per gallon gasoline <laughs> haven't seen that in a while that's been a while that's when you know you're back in the 90s yeah but yeah i think as far as like buddy movies go to i think it's probably one of my favorite buddy movies out there and yeah like daniel said i was just uh driving around the next night and i wasn't too far from the theater i'm like you know starts in 15 minutes like we learned in Risky Business a couple weeks ago, sometimes you gotta say, what the f***? And go see Thelma Louise two nights in a row. Yeah. And so I did. And, once again, amazing. Yeah, there's just oh, there's just so many so many good things about this movie. Like, like just how, how, how free the girls seem when they first uh, hit the road. Uh, Thelma's personal growth in this movie is great. I love watching her grow as a character. The strength of their friendship and bond is awesome. Uh, just, you know, like I said, everything from the acting, directing, cinematography, soundtrack, everything that's good. This has probably one of my favorite, most epic last five minutes of any movie. Really? Mm-hmm. So, quick a little bit of trivia I looked up for this movie that I'm going to read you, Daniel, here is... So, George Clooney auditioned for... I, actually, let me, let me tell you who's in the movie first. Okay. So, we got Susan Sarandon, Gina Davis, Harry Keitel, who's a detective. He's actually... You've seen Pulp Fiction, right? Yeah, I have. He's uh, the wolf. Remember the guy that yeah. they take the car to? I know him. Okay. Michael Madsen, who's also in Tarantino films. He plays Jimmy, Louise's boyfriend. Okay. Christopher McDonald plays Daryl, Thelma's husband. He's a uh, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Okay. Yeah, and I actually found out, I was like, trying to remember, like, because, you know, he has no mustache in that movie, but I'm like, I've seen him with a mustache before, like he has in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me. He plays in season one of Home Improvement. He's one of Tim's college friends that comes to visit. Oh, yeah. Stu, the guy that crushes the beer cans on his head. Oh, I know that. I, I yeah. Know that <laughs> Brad Pitt's in this, as well as um, Stephen Tabalowski, I think is how you pronounce the last name. Okay. He's from, I, the only thing I've really seen him in that I know him from is Californication. He's in the later seasons. So anyway, so back to trivia. So George Clooney auditioned five times for the part of JD, which is what Brad Pitt played. Okay. So Brad Pitt was an unknown at this point in 1991. Yeah, unknown yet. He's also, I think, I forgot if I told you, yeah, he's also in uh, True Romance. Plays a stoner. Oh, I didn't know Just that. the roommate to one of the characters. Another part of trivia here, so with the lights starting to fail and a public holiday looming, in other words, like time was ticking, Ridley Scott had roughly 45 minutes to get the final scene just right. Oh, wow. Michelle Pfeiffer and Jodie Foster were originally chosen for the leads and accepted the roles, but pre-production took too long and they had to drop out due to other commitments they had. Okay. 
This film was nominated for six Academy Awards, but only took home Best Screenplay. And then, this is a little combining True Romance and Thelma and Louise together. Each one was directed by a Scott brother, Tony and uh, Ridley. Hans Zimmer scored both films. Brad Pitt had a medium-ish to small role in both. And several frequent Quentin Tarantino actors appear in both. A little trivia there for Thelma and Louise and True Romance. But anyway, two awesome movies I saw this last week. Let's move on, Daniel. You ready for some uh, news? Oh, hey, I had one more, kind of. I totally forgot about this. Ah, all right, well, go ahead. Well, so I didn't watch this movie all the way through, but I thought it was worth a mention. Um, this week I had started watching the Lego Ninjago movie, and I got about 20 minutes in, and then I turned it off. Really? I was like, okay, well, I like Batman. I like the Lego movie one. I like the Lego movie two. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just see the one that's missing. Just too tired or? It wasn't the same. Like, and especially the first Lego movie, and even Batman, like, everything is Lego. Everything. And this, like, the water's water. The smoke is smoke. Like, it was just weird. And the characters weren't likable. I just. So it's more like a Pixar Shrek kind of cartoon. It's definitely, it seems cheaper than the other cheaper ones. Cheaper animation. And so, yeah, like it didn't like the leg, there was no Lego effects for the water and there was no Lego effects for smoke. And I think it, I mean, it seems nitpicky, but every other Lego movie covered those for the most part. This one just felt, yeah, rushed. It was basically like taking a TV show because there isn't a TV show and making a movie out of it. Yeah. I've never seen the show or the movie. According to you, it sounds like skip. I would skip it. I mean, like I read a lot of people like people, even people who have liked all the other ones say like this one's fine, but you know, it's not as good as the other ones. And I'd agree. I did not enjoy it. Obviously, Uh, if I saw it in theaters, I probably would have walked out, Um, but I didn't. (laughs) So I just had to turn off my TV. Okay. Well, I will keep that in mind. Yeah, I I don't plan on watching that one. I've been kind of curious, like, well, maybe just complete the Lego movie. I'd say just skip it. Okay, skip it. All right. Yeah, I still think out of all of them that I've seen so far, I definitely Lego Movie 1 is my favorite. Yes. Anyway, so that's that's it. I watched two and a half movies. Actually, mm. two and a quarter movies. Okay. All right. Well, why don't we switch gears here and talk our big movie of the week. Movie news. Oh, yeah. It's okay. If you want to skip it this week, that's fine. No, 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 we'll do it. We'll do it. All right. So, yeah, let's do some movie news. Daniel, take it away. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-ba. Today in movie news, we have a few topics to cover. The first thing I have is uh, Disney's Cruella DeVille movie has a short list of lead actresses up for the role of Cruella. And I guess on the top of that short list is Nicole Kidman. I could see that. I could see that too. Like she's got the look and she's got... Yeah, I think she could be a good evil Glenn lady. Glenn Close killed it back in the day, but I, I think where she's at now, I could see Nicole Kidman doing that. Yeah, I could too. So I thought that was kind of neat. And the next thing I had is that Tom Holland and the Russo brothers are going to be making another non-Marvel cinematic movie trip. Or not trailer. <laughs> They're going to be making a non-Marvel movie together. And it's called Cherry, which I guess is loosely based on a soldier named Nico Walker's real life experiences. I guess short synopsis is at the age of 19, Walker enlisted in the the U.S. Army, serves in Iraq as a medic for 11 months, comes out very shell shocked and with PTSD, and he starts robbing banks. And 
one, I can't believe I've never heard of something like this. Like, it sounds like a really interesting story. I mean, this is loosely based on a book, so I would like to kind of read the book. And I don't know, I'm interested to see Tom Holland in a, a role like this because we haven't I haven't seen him in anything like this. Yeah, it sounds like they could have like, you know, some, do something really good with like even just like a 30 million dollar budget. And I just take a budget like that and they could really still make something out of it. And yeah, I'd be curious to see that and see what the Rose Brothers could do. I mean, they've been in Marvel, stuck in Marvel world for a while now doing two Infinity Wars back to back. Right. So, I mean, it's very cool that they are like, well, Tom Holland seems like our guy. So let's go. And I'm kind of surprised that they already like, what do you say? The start production this summer. I'm kind of surprised they already are like, hey, let's jump into our next movie. I thought they'd want, you know, a break or, you know, some time off after two Avenger movies. They're hard workers. They are. But I guess yeah. maybe they're just eager to show people like, hey, we don't just make superhero movies. Yeah. You know, I could see that. I mean, they've come a long way since uh, early days of uh, Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, long ways. And they're my favorite directors as far as the uh, MCU goes. No, their paychecks have definitely gone up since the Arrested Development, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. but, but they look pretty nice. Oh. oh, I'm sure they look excellent. And I got a, color, a couple quick things here. One is I found out today that for a special event later at the end of this month, I think it's the 27th of March. And Jordan, this might make you feel really old, but Cinemark movie chains are putting the Matrix back in theaters for its 20th anniversary. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, I actually saw the Academy Theater down the road, up the road, is going to be playing it next month. Okay. But when is uh, the other theaters? Uh, I think it said the 27th of this month. Okay, so even sooner. Well, uh, we might have to see ourselves in Matrix on the big screen because I would love... I cannot believe that movie is 20 years old already. I can't believe it either. That movie came out when I was five. Jeez. I remember sneaking out to see that movie. Hear that, Mom? (laughs) Yeah, so I thought that was cool because I've never seen it on the big screen. I'd go see it just because I haven't seen it in years. So might as well see it on the big screen. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. We're we're going. We're definitely going. All right. Well, what else you got? Well, actually, let's just move into the movie of the week because the last little tidbit of movie news is actually kind of involving Captain Marvel. So I think we'll just roll it into roll it into that. Wait, should get a sequel? All right. Well, then without further ado, let's move into some Captain Marvel. Before we get started here, what do you think of using these microphones? It's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Hopefully we don't sound like, you know, crappy. Yeah, I hope we sound better. Um, we're just learning how to use them, so we got a mixer recently, and we've got a couple of really good microphones. Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear the burp? Right. And yeah, it's pretty cool to, you know, be, we had, because what did we have before? We had a USB snowball sitting on a... Uh, the cheap one, too. Yes. Not the, like, the more expensive snowball. Not the Yeti, but, like, the... The thirty or forty dollars. Yeah, because and we had that sitting on a plastic bin, and we had to take turns leaning into it. So yeah, this is kind of cool. You know, got stands, kind of hand free. It's nice to look into your eyes while we're talking about movies. Yeah, makes it more intimate. Yeah, it does actually. It's kind of nice to not sit directly next to you. I know, because he kind of smells, and I kind of (laughs) smell. So I put you by the window. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to argue with that. All right. Well, yeah, I'm hoping, uh, yeah, bear with us. We're going to learn how to use this equipment, and hopefully we sound great. So, Captain Marvel, movie number 21 in the MCU. 10 years, 21 movies. 
Where has my childhood gone? Doesn't this technically mark 11 years now? Because Iron Man came out summer of 08. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're still using that 10-year slogan on the new movies. Right. Maybe they'll change it to 20 after the next decade. Right. Well, it's been 11 years now in the making. I am pumped for Endgame. I cannot wait for Endgame. I'm just so excited. I'm hoping now that Captain Marvel has been released that we see a brand new trailer in the weeks to come. That would be sweet. That's, that's one I'm thing. sure it's going to happen. Well, yeah, and yeah, Hollywood, there's three trailers I'm waiting for right now. Brand new Endgame trailer would be amazing. Waiting for a teaser trailer for season three of uh, Stranger Things. That would be amazing. Still got to see that. And where the heck is some uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood trailer? Come on, Hollywood. Give me something. Yeah. Well, you got both of those last two coming out uh, this coming, well... All three, but you have the other, the last two coming out, what, midsummer, And we haven't seen nothing yet. No, no, we haven't. So they really got to keep us waiting. Well, I mean, okay, we did get the title card teaser in uh, for Stranger Things at least, but still, you would think by now we'd have at least a 30-second teaser footage of some kind. All right, I'm getting off track here. Sorry, I just, yeah, it's just a couple trailers. That's all I asked for, Hollywood, just a couple trailers. So Captain Marvel, number 21, first female-led superhero movie in this universe. Yeah. Yeah, kind of surprised it didn't happen sooner. I mean, we've had Black Widow and Scarlet Witch for a long time now. Yeah, I kept thinking, if anything, they, they would team up Black Widow and Hawkeye in like some kind of spy thriller kind of movie. That is what I would think. And that would have been a cool prequel to see how she went from being a villain to being part of S.H.I.E.L.D. I would have liked to see that. That would have been pretty cool. I mean, they kind of did that with... Uh, that would have been my preferred with, prequel. Was that movie called Red Sparrow? Red Sp- Yeah, the Jennifer Lawrence movie that kind of looks like exactly what... Black Widow's talking about that. That yeah. When I saw the trailer for that, I never saw the movie. When I saw the trailer for that, I was like, "Man, this totally looks like a Black Widow origin movie." Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. So I think that would have been way my... darker than what the MCU would put out. <laughs> well, that too. Maybe that's why they're just like, "Well, she's just her movie would be so dark." Which I mean, they did a spy thriller with Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier. So I think they probably could have pulled it up with Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, we'll get going here. So I'll give you the quick. Then, you know, Captain Marvel, directed by Anna Bowden, I think, and Ryan Fleck, who were two of the five writers on this film, starring Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Jude Law, Annette Benning, Clark Greggs, and Lashana Lynch, I think that's how you pronounce her name. All right, so, I don't know, as far as general thoughts, though, do you want to go first, Daniel? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, tell us just general thoughts of what you thought of Captain Marvel, number 21. Okay, well, going in, I mean, like, when we did our most anticipated of 2019, I had interest in seeing this movie, but it wasn't on my top list just because it's Marvel. So they've got a system, they've got a formula, and they're sticking with it. This movie's no different, and it can, although the formula can be stronger or weaker depending on which characters and what movies there are. And I thought this was fine. I did like it as an origin for the most part. Had some issues with it, but we can talk about that later. But as far as like, I wasn't, I th- this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, which was very good because I wasn't sure because there was a lot, you know, there was so much speculation online on like two camps, just like this is going to be awesome or this is going to suck. So you just had to wait and see how it turned out. And I think it turned out fine. Yeah. Some people like with trailer one, were just ripping this a new a-hole. Yeah, and you know what? Like, yeah, with I, just the teaser trailer, I'm like, you gotta lighten up just a little bit, people. You gotta at least wait till the movie comes out. Yeah, I mean, personally, I mean, obviously that's just huge. But just with trailer one, some of these, some people out there are just ripping this one, a new one. 
Yeah, and while like I said it's definitely not on like my top five echelon of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, I thought it was okay. I don't think it's at the very bottom, but I'll have to actually lay that out and figure that out for myself. Anyway, plus- yeah, that'd be kind of a cool episode sometimes to line up the MCU just you know best to worst. I think we'll probably have to do that after Endgame comes out and just like when it sets a definitive end to this stage in Marvel. Right. Yeah. I, I, that was so tough to do. Like, I, I could do, like, top five, next five, next five, bottom five. I could do that. But all that, all straight lines, start to finish, will be tough. I feel like... I feel like you might even still consider it 21 movies if you consider Infinity War Part 1 and Part 2 kind of one in the whole because it's the beginning and the end of it. Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, depending on how they end stuff, though, could be... Could be beneficial to separate them. Right. Exactly. I don't maybe, know. maybe in my mind the uh, MCU will end after Infinity War. Hope not. I hope Endgame is the final conclusion and it's just epic showdown and everything like I that. Hope be- so. Before they move on to Phase Four and just bring in new characters and new things. Yeah. So, all right, you gave your general thoughts here. Yeah. So for me, um, hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't think this movie sucked by any means, but it was overall very disappointing to me. I yeah. think. I think part of that has to do with just. It's movie number 21, and everything is just so cookie-cutter as far as storylines go that it just they just didn't do anything fresh. Like They're not pushing the envelope. They're not pushing the envelope at all. We'll talk more about this in a little bit when we get out of general discussions, but they're just I just don't feel like they're trying to... They're still playing it safe. 21 films later, they're still playing it safe. Now, there's a lot of people out there that like that. We'll talk about box office later. This thing made a killing this last week in the box office, so people are still lining up as is. Yes. So there's really no motivation to change. Right. Because at this point, like people are just so invested that you're like, well, I have to go see this movie. Like I know a lot of people, what even if they weren't necessarily interested in Captain Marvel, because she's relatively like not on the top echelon of Marvel characters. But because they're like, all right, well, this is the only movie in between Infinity War and Endgame. So I might be missing a crucial part in going into Endgame if I don't go check this out. Yeah. So, I guess back to my overall general thoughts. Uh, movies are right. I like the side characters a bit. Brie Larson was questionable, in my opinion. Like, I'm, it's kind of a coin toss, to be honest. If I liked her or not, I'm really on the fence. She that She's got good qualities as an actress. I like her in movies like Room quite a bit. She was great in that. Love you Scott lo- Pilgrim. You love her in Scott Pilgrim. However, I don't know if she should be the lead of the next, because they're saying Captain Marvel's going to lead Phase 4 of the Marvel movies. And I just don't know if she's who I would choose to do that. More on that in a little bit. There were some uh, great side characters, though. For one, I really did like seeing Nick Fury and Agent Coulson young. Oh, that I was cool. so happy that Agent Coulson was back because you haven't seen him in a mainline MCU since Avengers, the first one. Right. And I know he's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but like I said, if you only follow the, uh, if you only follow the main movies, then you haven't seen him in years. Yep. And, yeah, I just, again... I just think the movie kind of felt a little flat. Could have been better. Good acting. Some good characters. There were definitely things I liked about it. I didn't have high anticipation for this movie. Like, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, I think I was more hyped about it last year than I was this year. Maybe because the trailers didn't completely blow me away. I still like the trailers overall, but they didn't completely blow me away. Like, when I when I first saw the first Endgame trailer, even the Super Bowl one, goosebumps. I mean, my hair was like standing up goosebumps. Yeah, I mean, the, the Avengers theme. Right. And the trailers for Captain Marvel just didn't do that for me. 
Now, even the, uh, I think we talked about in past episodes, but um, the posters, I think the initial poster wasn't great. I know I liked the second poster that they put out a lot better. It was more dynamic. Was the first one her walking through the doors of the aircraft carrier? Maybe. I just remember the second one is her like standing in her suit with a few other things going on in the background. It was a lot more dynamic and a lot more things popped in that trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's my general thoughts for now. I mean, we'll we'll get deep into this here. I don't know. Well, it's pretty standard for Marvel. Standard affair is you get introduced to uh, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, wakes up and she's on an alien planet, the Kree, some Kree planet, which I'm not exactly, I don't remember the name of the planet. It's okay. But, you know, it's, it's space, like... She's in space somewhere. She's yeah. in space on this futuristic planet. She's on planet. Neptune. We'll just... um, and then she fights Jude Law. And, you know, then she eventually, essentially, like, it go. The movie's mainly about her trying to figure out who she is. Because she doesn't, she has like little flashbacks in her dreams and stuff, but she thinks they're just weird dreams, not actual memories of her past. But then, you know, movie progresses. She's learning more about, about her past and meets with Nick Fury to help kind of uncover what's going on with her. So, I mean, like, I think it's pretty standard, straightforward plot wise. Yeah, I just I wish they would take chances because this would uh, have been a perfect one to take some huge risks. It's it's one thing to well, you know it's one thing to play it safe with phase one and phase two, like you're still kind of developing the universe. But I think late phase three, I think you can start taking some chances. I yeah. well, especially in this one. Sorry, I'm gonna interject real quick. Like this would have been the perfect one to take some huge risks on. Because I, I could so. see I could I see people so. being like, well, it's the first one, one, so they want to like make sure it's okay. I'm like, well, yeah, but they set this movie up for success. It's the only thing in between the huge cliffhanger and Infinity War and Endgame. And like I said, you're going to want to see this. Most people are going to want to see it just to make sure they're not missing anything going into Endgame. So no matter what, people were going to like just pass on by through this movie just to get any plot points yeah, needed well, for Endgame. Good or bad, I'm still seeing Endgame no matter what. Like this movie could have been complete dog crap. Exactly. And it wouldn't affect Endgame as far as I know unless they do things I don't want them to do in Especially Endgame. Especially since with they, like, they kind of... They kind of loosely connect it to the main cinematic universe. Technically, this all takes place earlier yeah, since it's, it's a prequel. I'm under the impression it was 1995. Windows 95 was out. Yeah. They show it in the movie. And something some, they say something else that in the movie that makes you think, okay, we're in 1995 for sure. So this is, what, 13 years before the first Iron Man takes place? Exactly. So, like, they had some room to just kind of do whatever they wanted with this character, especially since it's not heavily, heavily influencing everything else. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't think they took risks. Like, again, we're in phase three right now, end of phase three. Let's take some risks. Let's just have a really good story. Who cares if it's a little bit complex and some kids might be over their heads a little bit. Guarantee if it's a good movie, they'll watch it again and again and again. And eventually stuff will start clicking. That's the and thing. It was just, it, the story just wasn't great. The dialogue wasn't all that great like it was not a great written movie had i mean maybe that's what happens when you have five writers trying to write the script yeah i mean i don't know maybe that's part of it i'd like to see how many writers were on like infinity war and like the other like ones that we hold higher up like i mean how many writers did captain america winter soldier because that's still on like well top yeah tier. but anyway whether it was one writer or ten writers the script is just not that great like it could have been so much better i mean there's such cheesy dialogue which i know there's a lot of Cheesy jokes in some of the other Marvel movies, too. It's nothing new, but it's just... I think it could just been a better story altogether, though. Like, we don't really see any big character arc, in my opinion, in this movie. We kind of... We watch her go from powerful to more powerful. Yeah. 
I want to see some character. I want to see some struggle. Like, she doesn't really have too much struggle in this. I mean, yeah, because she starts at a power level that's huge while she still has trouble controlling her powers throughout the movie until the climax at the end. But it's just she's still at a huge power level. Yeah, and maybe they're all vegetarians over there at Marvel, but studios. But what's with no stakes? I'm sorry, but like most of their heroes don't. I mean, it's always a bad guy trying to take it down the world, but still, like, the heroes never, like, there's never huge stakes for most of the heroes. We've seen a little bit of it with, like, I would say Captain America Winter Soldier and the Avenger movies, but overall, there's just really not high stakes for any of these characters, like... No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's hard, because I thought for sure a few characters were going to die in Civil War, and the closest you got was uh, War Machine slash Rhodey falling from the sky, and he probably should have been dead. But he's crippled, and then Tony invents something, and he has legs again, essentially. Magic legs. Exactly. So it's just like, that was something I'm like, okay, War Machine's definitely going to die. And then he didn't. And I'm like, okay. And then nobody died. So I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I guess the most stakes we've gotten was at the end of Infinity War, where, you know, a lot of the beloved characters disappear, like kind of uh, dust. So, you know, it won't be until the end of Endgame that we figured out if there were actually stakes or if any every if anything actually is going to change. Well, as far as Captain Marvel character goes, too, I just I don't know. I just don't feel like there was much of a journey for her. So, like, her biggest thing in the movie that like her, that she fights against is like, I can't remember my past. Right. She begins to here and there, but it's like, I can't remember my past. Uh, I can kind of see glimpses here and there, but like, I don't know, like that's her biggest struggle is like not remembering things like which just leads to frustration. So I guess you could say frustration was her the biggest trial she had to face in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, if a little frustration is your biggest trial, then you're doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, I know Jude Law's character is teaching her combat and she's just like too eager. And he's like, you got to be able to control I think she controlled her powers just fine. I mean, he's telling her not to be... I feel like he was trying to hold her down almost because, like... Well, I mean... By then, she's got the ability. And, I mean, he could have trained her to just be an all-out warrior protector of their people. I mean, we find out later that he's not on the good side. But, you know, he still could have been teaching her how to use her powers I would say good. that's I mean, probably spoiler warning. Well... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a twist. It's a twist. Fine. Well... Don't we kind of see that in the in the uh, trailer already, though? I don't remember. I only watched the first Cause one. Because don't they say in the trailer that scrolls are the bad guys, which is what Jude Law is on the side of? Now Jude, Law's, Jude Law's a Cree. Yeah. So. Spoilers. All right. Well, I'm getting all my uh, races, space races. Let me clarify that. Mixed up. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's hard, which I wish. That's one thing I like watching this. I'm like, okay, this is like. This is what I want to see more of in the cinematic universe. Like they spent a little bit of time in outer space and a little bit of time on alien planets. Most of it was spent on Earth. I'm like, yeah, we've seen it. Like, and I want more cosmic with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I guarantee right. there'll be a team up with them and Captain Marvel. And I, which, I thought something like that was going to happen that where we we're going to be in space way more than we were on Earth. I mean, we spent same. we spent a lot of t- quite a lot of time just in that. Um, you spent at U- least that Navy or not U- not Navy, but like military base? military base. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like we I'd way too much time inside. At there. least half the movie, like two thirds of the movie are on Earth. And the last third is like spread out in different like in space and in different planets, but not a lot. And I want to see more of that, which is what I thought we'd kind of get with Captain Marvel a little bit more. But unfortunately, other than a few things, I didn't really feel like we were in the 90s that much. Like I really wanted to really feel like we we're in the 90s. 
if you're gonna do a timepiece movie, we gotta really, really feel like we're in the '90s. I mean, yes, we're looking at Windows ninety five. She's wearing an NIN shirt. There's there's a couple like token '90s stuff like dial up internet blockbuster but it's kind of like a they're just like little oh remember the 90s yeah and then it's that, like that was more like hey remember this rather than what just feels like we're in the 90s it wasn't like the mid 90s where it was it felt like the 90s which i mean i didn't really expect this movie to but they also just kind of like took like the biggest things out of the 90s who i mean just like yeah what it's like they asked a a teenager like what do you remember the 90s what do you remember from the 90s like well yeah, dial up internet. I guess Nirvana, Windows, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, yeah, a couple of, like, essentially they took the biggest 90s stuff. Like, I mean, I guess it's a mainstream movie. So no, they're not I, really I will gonna... say, I did appreciate the uh, Fresh Prince reference. Yeah. And whatever she said, like, who am I going to watch Fresh Prince with? Yeah, that was kind of funny. Like I said, like, it's not all immediately, bad. It's... I, immediately, I heard the theme song in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's just like, it is a little nitpicky that it didn't feel like the 90s. But it still just felt like well, it, it is nitpicky because it takes place in 1995. It should feel more 90s. I mean, it still kind of did. I mean, I don't know. are we nitpicking? Maybe a I, little. I, don't, I, I think this kind of fall under nitpicky, and I would, I can't say you're wrong because I feel, yeah, maybe a little nitpicky. But you know, I'm just saying, if it takes place in the 90s, with like a little bit more immersion. I mean, because yeah, most of the time you get stuck in the military base, and that looks like any military base you see in any TV show. So I guess let's talk about Brie Larson a little bit. What did you think of her in the role? I'm so curious to know your thoughts on this. Well, I like Brie Larson a lot. And I mean, like, I, I love Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. She's a, I like her as Envy Adams. And there's also, she looks like a baby in that movie now. Like, that movie's at least 10 years old. But I don't know. Like, I would say, like, I enjoyed the movie, but it wasn't, like, it. they didn't give the character a ton to do it feels like like it starts off kind of slow is more of like a little bit more of a personal journey for her but it's just it didn't feel like they gave her as much to do like there could have been so much cool fight scenes and so much they could have done with her powers yeah that was kind of a dislike that we'll talk about later is i didn't think the fighting was all that good in this movie no i mean like i did like the moments where like She's trying to do something and she pulls it off. She has like a little smile like, oh, my God, that worked. Like, I liked those moments and those were scattered throughout the movie, like a handful. But like I said, like there could have been there should have been more risk. There should have been more to do with this character. Like just her power level is insane. So I would have liked to see something that actually confronted her power level. Yeah, As far as Brie Larson goes, though, I mean, do you think she pulled it off? Would you have recast? Uh, well, I don't think recasting would really make a difference. Theoretically, if you could do a do-over, would you keep Brie Larson or would you find somebody else? I think she's fine if they just give her character actual, like, more substance, I guess. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I mean, you've seen her in actual, like, dramatic roles and she oh, yeah, she just, does really like, well. Room. She's amazing in Room. But Room was a really well-written movie with really well-written characters. Exactly. Like, I think if you have the capabilities of somebody to direct and write good stuff for her she'd be amazing and that's that's one thing i keep wondering too so i mean this is like a huge thing all over the internet how she never smiled in the uh, trailers and i'm wondering if that's just part of the way the directors wanted it like we want you to be emotionless i mean jude law is like cramming it down her throats like do not show emotion like you're not allowed to show emotion i mean like we hear control that your emotions yeah we hear that all throughout the movie so i don't know i she it, she felt pretty cardboard though and it felt like her energy level was really low yeah to me at least 
I, I I don't know. Would I keep Brie Larson? I don't know. Maybe with a better script, I'd keep Brie Larson. But if I had, I, to, I if, think that's just it. She needs more substance. I was to embody trying the character to think with. who I would recast in this. I know they're both in their forties, but I could see Amy Adams or Charlize Theron in this role. Again, I know they're in their forties, but I could still see them doing it. I would want them to be under a better script, though. Too. I could see Charlize Theron, especially for some reason. I'm just thinking the hair. Mm-hmm. Especially back in the day, like Cider House Rules, Charlize Theron. Oh yeah. I've never seen that movie. All right. Well, anyway, 19, Sorry. 1999, I'm, I'm a Theron. baby. Whatever. As far as I wouldn't recast, but I do think it's hard to, especially like for a solo movie. I think that's the only time you really get to grow those characters because team up movies are so much going on that she's not probably going to have even less to do um, in Endgame. But like, I think if you gave her like gave her some good character development, like the character could be like built up more. Oh, totally. Like, Especially with Brie Larson. I, I like all day today. I've just been thinking of different things I would do to with the story. Like, there, I mean, I have a lot of questions. Maybe that we'll get into more of that stuff when I, with questions, but uh, different things I would do. But I don't know. There just needed to be more depth to everything. Like her past, her living in this, what, Cree? Is it Cree? Cree. Cree, living in the Cree world. Just needed to be a little bit more to it. Like, I just felt like, I felt like the, and, and maybe some of her, like, as far as like just stiff cardboard look, because she's a good actress. I think a lot of it, maybe it's just with the directors weren't that good. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. Be, I don't know what else do the directors have done. I haven't. Yeah, I didn't look them up, so I have, I don't know either. It's like could be it could be just script problems. It's it could be a whole slew of things. Yeah, I don't want to completely blame her, but it just she felt like she had low energy, kind of cardboardy. I, I mean, I guess not smiling and everything is part of it. And I'm not saying like I mean you, when you're kicking the ass of bad guys you want to have a mean look on your face you're not gonna be smiling at him i mean you could have a smirk like i'm about to kick your ass right now Come i mean on. she did do that when she, she was she did a couple times when she was escaping the ship with the uh the cuffs or like the gauntlets covering her hands she's trying to get them off she's just like oh she just you know gave a little smirk it's like all right let's go and then just you know because she has all this like training too so she yeah. kicked the crap out well, of those guys. And for me, for me, the complaining is more not so much that she didn't smile. It was just how much like it just felt like she was empty inside. Like just so much like low energy going on. I mean, I, 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 could, I don't know why. I could see that. And I think that maybe it had was the directors that did that. I guess why don't we move on to we can do we can do likes and dislikes. Um, I mean, I think we <laughs> let's move on to some likes here. So we've talked we've talked to you know the overall what we thought of the movie, what we thought of Brie Larson, and tell me. What are some of your likes? Well, one, I'm just going to say right off the top, because I think it's very nice. But there is a special Marvel logo opening for in front of this movie. So I don't want to spoil it because I think it's very it's just a very good. I think, so? like, I think everybody's talking about it. Uh, OK, go ahead. It's All up right. to you. All right. Well, I'll just say, like, if you don't if you want to be 100 percent surprised, skip forward or stop listening. But at the beginning of this movie, this is the first movie to come out post stanley so and you know how the opening starts with like the comics kind of flipping and you see all these different characters well they're all just stanley and stanley cameos and pictures of stanley and it's just 100 percent dedicated to stanley and even after it says thank you stan so i mean like that even got to me a little bit I'm like right before the movie starts i'm like oh that's why i didn't sit next to you i was choking i was like <laughs> yeah it's just so it's very nice and it was a nice little tribute and so i thought that was very good that's not necessarily the movie. Uh, I, as far as I thought, it was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty good origin story. Um, still not my favorite. I still think my favorite is Captain America. 
especially since his arc for his character is probably one of the most defined out of all of them. I think so. Yeah. I think maybe the only one that rivals him is Tony. Yeah, I would say Iron Man for sure is another one. Yeah. Especially, I know it's uh, not as popular, but I really am a fan of Iron Man 3 just because of the, you know, the personal growth he get, journey he goes on in that movie. Right. And just, I mean... Screw your Mandalorian. I liked what they did. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Probably pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Um, I guess I liked the end credit scene. Not going to talk about that uh, yet, but I liked that. Um, one thing I did like is while she's still like super powerful and has a huge power level, I'm glad it took her a while to even really gain control of her powers. Like she's still kind of fumbling with them throughout the movie. So I did appreciate that. Like she still has a grasp, like she knows how to fight at least. But like it took her till the end of the movie to really like show off her entire power set. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was good. Um, Also, Agent Coulson's back. Always good to see him. And yeah, those are essentially like I just ran through some likes for a few of my likes. uh, So I like seeing a young Nick Fury and Agent Coulson. That was fun. I especially think they did a great job. Like de-aging software has come a long ways from what? Oh, 2009 when we that's the first time I remember seeing de-aging software, at least used to that kind of effect, was when they took Jeff, uh, Bridges? Jeff Bridges like 30 years back and made him 30 years younger. It's pretty choppy now if you go watch it, but yeah. we've come a long way in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really thought I was watching 1995 Samuel L. Jackson on screen. I know. It's not something you, know, you from even... like Die Hard 3. <laughs> I know. It's not something you even think about when you're watching the movie. So no, and I, I, nothing distracted me at all about it. There was nothing distracting. Didn't even think about it. It's just Samuel L. Jackson from 1995. Hats off to the creative team that did that. I mean, that was just amazing, I thought. Uh, first couple likes here. Jude Law is an antagonist. I like that. Wish the script would have been better to make him a better character, but still liked him as an antagonist. Oh yes, yeah. I like that. I like that it took place in the '90s. I grew up in the '90s, so that's awesome. I like that we had a little bit of a Ronin in there. That was cool. Yeah, I liked that too. As far as the '90s go, too, her falling into a blockbuster. I like that a lot. Actually, when I first saw them in the first trailer, I got a little excited about that. Yeah, just because I'm a definitely from the blockbuster generation. I remember. Walking down hey. to Blockbuster with my friends, getting a video, then walking to Fred Meyer's, grabbing some snacks, and then going home and watching a movie. Hey, pro tip for you under 21 kids. If you have a Blockbuster membership card, I don't think they'll ask to see your ID. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard officially Bend, Oregon has the very, very last Blockbuster in the world. The one in Australia closed, so Bend, Oregon is officially the last one. Ooh, wow. I'll see here. I like the train sequence the action train sequence i don't know why but i'm kind of a sucker for fight scenes on trains or action scenes on trains whether it be from russia with love spider-man 2 or mission impossible 1 i love train fight scenes yeah yeah that was really good something that was weird about that is the old like the like the uh, that bad guys at least so we're supposed to believe are shapeshifters and one of them turns into an old lady so it's she punches an old lady, then the fight breaks out, and the old lady's like jumping, doing flips and stuff. And I thought it was weird that people were like trying to hold her down, like you get off that old lady. I'm like, okay, that old lady is obviously not an old lady. Just eh, I mean, still you're just like going about your day. All of a sudden, you see a young gal kicking the crap out of an old gal. You're like, well, if I have to pick sides, probably gonna hold down the young one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I thought that was a little weird, but minor, minor complaint there. Yeah. Uh, like you, Stanley opening sequence, awesome. Enjoy that. 
Goose was pretty funny. Overall, I liked him for the most part. He was kind of cheesy at sometimes, but I liked him overall. Oh. Um, I feel like I'm not going to be able to slide this in organically anywhere. So speaking of train scene, that's where we get the Stanley cameo in this movie. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed what he was reading. I didn't. He was reading a mall rat script. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So I'm he was totally... reading the script for Ke- you know for what's Kevin funny? Smith's yeah, I haven't rats. watched it yet, but I've seen a couple of YouTube videos out there right now. Kevin Smith reacting to Stan Lee's cameo. Oh, my gosh. He was probably in tears when he saw that. Yeah, I, I watched or I read something and showed pictures like he was like in tears because he's like, I've been referencing this movies for years and they actually referenced me. So, yeah, he's reading a Mallrats. Oh, my script. gosh. How did I miss that? I mean, it's super quick. Ah, man. OK, but, that, that's awesome. I did, OK, I did not notice that, Daniel. I did not notice that. Pretty <laughs> that awesome. So cool. <laughs> OK, that's awesome. All right. So on the dislikes, I know I kind of hate to kind of hate having to go from a happy side back to. It's OK. I mean, we can run through them real quick. We've talked. I mean, actually, or some dislikes for you. OK, for me, the music the music cures. Sorry, I wrote a typo and now I said it. The music cues were not on point for me as much like they didn't go as far as guardians of the galaxy like with their music but those are usually really on point uh the music cues were just not there one of my nitpicky complaints is throughout most of the movie she wears a nine inch nails t-shirt like yeah it's the 90s no nine inch nails song though and I really would have liked that because I thought with her like rocket fist or I don't even know exactly what her power is called or what it does but with all that, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, how cool would that be? Like a fight scene where she just punches somebody as like hand that feeds is playing. And I'm like, I think that would have been perfect. Missed opportunity. No, I totally agree with that. Totally missed opportunity. So for my dislikes, I mean, we'll go back and forth. Bad writing. We've talked about that already. I just, the story was just meh, whatever. I really think it could have been so much better. Like, you know, she's having flashbacks where she's back on earth. Because, uh, I mean, she got, she got taken away, like, you know. At what age? Which in 1989, I mean, what, let's just say like age 21, she got taken away. What if she had a boyfriend or something like that? Like they could, that could have been a story right there. Is like, what if she had a boyfriend who thinks he's getting just completely ghosted? Girlfriend just stops talking to him all together and just disappears to the face of the planet. Like, I mean, he doesn't know it's literally, but why not have some kind of story like that going on? Well, I mean, they kind of did that with her friend, and at that point, it's known that she, or well, I guess it isn't known because it's redacted confidential information, but. Like, it's, I guess it's only her friend that knows that. We're, we're, we're in spoilers one. now at this point, too. I mean, I hope you've seen the movie already. I mean, with the big opening weekend, most of you that are listening probably have seen the movie. So we're in spoilers right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So <laughs> I'm mean, like, I guess you're kind of right. So I'm like, well, no, because they know that she was the one that, quote unquote, died in the crash. I'm like, wait, no, they don't. They make a big deal about the military covering it up and not admitting anything about it so i guess maybe you're right like there could have been a crazy thing where just like some person like walked past and be like wait carol and she's like i don't know who you're talking about you know like something like that i mean like they kind of do that with her friend when she i just think the story could have been like just better maybe even darker like we can go dark a little bit why not i mean i think so like not dc dark but you can there could have been a lot of winter soldier dark yeah there could just there could have been a way better story i mean Anything could have happened. Like maybe, I mean, maybe she gets kidnapped as a child. Even like, who knows? This is in my questions area, but like, her parents. 
why isn't she trying to figure out who her parents are or looking for them or anything? Why, or, why don't they say anything about how long they've looked for her? Or they just, I guess they find out she's dead and accept that. But why don't we ever know anything? We know nothing about her parents other than her. Yeah. Other than that, like flashback of the race car scene. Yeah. You don't, you don't really hear anything about her parents. You see like her dad in a flashback and that's and it. Wouldn't she be looking for him? Like, hey, I'm back on this planet I was taken from. Like, uh, maybe I should look for my parents. I mean, like, yeah, Star-Lord we'll, we'll was taken that from this planet, and he's all he's looking for is his mom. Or, well, not his mom, his dad. He's looking for his dad. Uh, I guess one thing, too, this goes with the story, is just not knowing what really too much about ni- between 1989 and 1995, like her on the planet. We just don't really get too much, other than they've been training her to be a warrior. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, we mentioned that we were kind of, when we were ranting a little bit earlier, kind of like, that goes on like, like I would like to see more of the cosmic stuff, and but we got more Earth than anything else. Nick Fury, as much as I like seeing a young Nick Fury, especially with Agent Coulson going around, I wanted more of that of both of them. That was one thing is not too much, not enough. Um, Coulson, Coulson, but Nick Fury just he felt a little on the neutered side to me. That makes sense, like playing with a cat constantly, like what well, the I heck? guess. I think that you did that personally to kind of just uh, just just oppose. Oh, that sounds right, but not quite. But like show like this is what he was when he was young, fresh face. And now he's just, hardened war spy. He just seems so much less badass than this. Even, I, even in the car chase scene, like when they're trying to keep up with the train, just, he seems so less badass. I know. He seems more like a detective than a shield agent. And I mean, we're in spoilers now. I'm not going to lie, but how he got his eye taken out. What the hell? Yeah, that... Again, like, I think they kind of do that in just exposition of just like, oh, he's super badass, but he lost his eye in such I a mundane way. I thought that right? was just stupid. Yeah. Completely that's, stupid. That's one of the things I could have... We could have gone without. It's just one of those things that, you know, I, I think somebody had... I had to listen to a podcast or something, and this was kind of unrelated, but just like when people get mad about how they're adding to like the Harry Potter lore with like the crowns of Grindelwald and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and how the snake's in person now. The spoiler for that. <laughs> it's been all over the internet. But like, and, you know, somebody just said, you're like, you know, it's canon. So either you like it or you don't like it, but it's canon. So just deal with this. I'm like, all right, whatever. He's yeah. still a great character in all the other movies. How he lost his eye, a little bit underwhelming, but canon. I was, afraid, uh, I was actually a little surprised. Uh, we didn't see him just waiting for somebody in a dark room. Seems to be a Nick Fury trait. Just waiting in a dark room for the main character to come in. <laughs> right. Well, he wasn't like the Nick Fury we know and love yet. No. I just, but, he's done that like, yeah, I I think ha- he's done that like three movies, I think. I have that yeah. on my dislikes. And honestly, you said the cat was fine. Um, the cat for me was a little weird. The CGI cat scenes kind of took me out. It was a little bit goofy. I know it was played for laughs, but... It was just because the CGI just did not look good. No, like the tentacle coming out and just like psh, 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 with the bad guys throwing on walls. I'm like, kind of a good laugh, like you said, but like kind of at the same time, very cheesy. I'm not going to like that was cheesy, but I actually put that under my surprise because I'm like, they kept referencing that it's not actually a cat. But when it actually shows like part of his true form, I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> it, it caught me off guard. I didn't know that was what was going to happen. I don't know. I just. I think here's Honestly, other, I thought uh, it one was thing I didn't like either was like when she stole the guy's bike. I know we're getting nippy. Like, how does she get a motorcycle? Like, oh, she needs to travel. But like, a guy hits on you a couple times, you ignore him. He says, "Smile some more." You're not gonna steal his bike. And why doesn't he have the keys with him when he goes in the store? Who knows? But you're not gonna steal his bike just because he says, "Smile more." 
Well, I mean, she just needed... I felt like she needed it for necessity, and it does show at the end that she kickstarts like a spaceship with her power so maybe she kind of kickstarted the bike with the same thing okay i mean i'll give her that as far as like however my nitpick for that scene is she steals some clothes off of mannequin she doesn't have a backpack the bike doesn't have like a storage compartment i have that in my questions area but now she doesn't her suit's not on so yeah we'll talk about that so where does her suit go for her suit's gone for the whole second act where'd the suit go is she wearing it underneath all the 90s clothing and i don't think so because she's wearing a t-shirt and jeans with like ripped holes in them and there's you can't see anything through right. them. like you and just see her skin so let's be fair she wears that nine inch nail shirt pretty tight and there's no nipping going on through the front yeah so hey, i'm not trying to sound like a perv i'm just being a detective you know i'm being a detective all right and that's what, so that's if she's what wearing her like cosmic suit underneath I, that would be an explanation because she's definitely you know there's no bra on the mannequin well, plus like her, so, like her cosmic suit goes all the way up to her neck, so you would have seen it. Right. So yeah, where's the suit? Yeah, I'm not trying to sound like a perv. <laughs> I, will, I will say this though: if uh, she was this age back in the '90s auditioning for Rachel Green, she wouldn't get it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a '90s reference if I ever heard one. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that is a nitpick. <laughs> nitpicky thing is where'd her suit go but at the same time it just disappears and then she has it eventually when she needs it i mean like all i'm like all you needed to do was slap like a a storage compartment on the side of the bike and i'm like oh well she put it in there right right exactly <laughs> that how simple dumb simple would that have been again bad writing bad directing i just it's uh, one of the things like superhero film like it's you're already suspending disbelief, so let's just... But, I mean, I just, I guess we'll just move on to her as a character. It's my dislike. is Not that I hate her character, but we talked about, you know, there's really no journey for her. There's no character arc for her. She doesn't really grow. I mean, like, her biggest obstacle is frustration that she has to deal with, essentially. I was like, oh, wow. Your 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 life sucks. Like, you, if that's all you gotta face every day, once in a while. So, she goes from, like, super powerful to even more powerful. And, again, this is why I don't like Superman very much. As much as I enjoy Superman, like, you know, like Man of Steel and... I like still like to see the character in movies, but what I kind of have a beef with Superman is, he's just too powerful. You know, we, we all know his abilities. Well, essentially Captain Marvel kind of has the same abilities, and it's just like, there's no weakness to him. Yeah. You know, it's boring watching them take on some bank robbers, because nothing's ever going to happen to him. Yeah, and then you also think, like, Superman constantly pulls his own punches, or else he would literally kill anybody he punched. Right. Because <laughs> he, he, so, pu- he doesn't usually fight supervillains when he's just doing his day-to-day hero stuff. He's taking down regular people. And this is the thing I don't get, though. I mean, because I guess, again, it just goes back to, like, there being no stakes in this. Because, I mean, like, in the end, she's just pew, 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 and flying in space, just punching everything. Everything's just blown up. And, you know, she just goes through, like, Superman through a spaceship and just... That's that's what we call a segue to the end. Let's talk about the end of the movie, third act. Okay, well, I'm just saying that's part of my dislikes there is just all that, but... Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll talk about the end. Well, I think, yeah. yeah I, oh, I forgot to say in a positive note, which this is kind of about the end anyway, but this will lead to the end also. I got to say, I did like her friend. Um, what is it? Uh, Lashana Lynch, who played her friend. Uh, was it Maria Ram Rambo? How did I say it's it? It's like Rambo. Rambo. Okay. So we'll just say Maria Lamp Lambo. Rambo. <laughs> I liked her a lot. I thought she was cool. Cool gal. Single mother of the cool little daughter. I, I liked the little daughter, she was a pretty cool character too. 
But yeah, I liked her character quite a bit. So she knew uh, Captain Marvel. What's her name? Danvers. Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers. She knew her. They were in the Air Force together. In the 80s, Top Gun style. Top Gun style. Uh, which, by the way, too, this goes back to some bad writing, is that the guys putting her down, I don't think that would have happened. There might have been a couple guys in the Air Force that would have been like, that woman doesn't belong here, but like most of them would be trying to get in her pants. That cockpit joke was stupid. Yeah. And so I cringy. Even, I don't even think I caught that until I, I watched a video. They called a cockpit <laughs> for a reason. I'm like, yeah, are you I'm kidding like, me? Like, that is just terrible writing, but... Most guys would be trying to get in her pants. They'd be trying to win her over to be the lucky pick because there's not much women in the Air Force. They'd be trying to win her over, not putting her down. Yeah. I, when I heard somebody say that, I was going like, that's just cringy on all fronts. It is. Um, but yeah. back, to, back to the third act. Back to the third act. I mean, like, yeah, I like... I'm glad that they actually gave her uh, her friend something to do at the end, that she ends up flying, like, the Quinjet through the canyon. That was cool. And it makes sense. She knows what she's yeah, doing. I, like, I actually have that down in my likes, too, along with just liking her as a character. And they gave her a moment, which I'm glad, too, because when she first decided to go up with him in a space, I'm like, that is dumb. Like, the chances are huge that you're going to die and you're just going to leave your daughter like that to be with these people you don't even know. Yeah, I thought that I'm just like when she's she even says, like, no, I have a daughter. And her daughter's like, go on, mom. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah, sure. The daughter's can say that, but. If your mom dies, now, had they had they not given her anything to do, I would have been really mad because she would have just been a waste of going up to space, right? And left her daughter for nothing, and potentially, you know, more likely she, you know, it's a it's a movie, but odds are she probably would have died. At least they gave her something to do once they were up there, though, because yeah, that scene through the canyon when she was flying thing was awesome. That was pretty cool. I liked that quite a bit. I know I did like that a lot. Um, but yeah, so Ronan arrives. Yeah, Ronan arrives to like bomb Earth to get the Kree infestation off because as we find out that the Kree are actually the bad guys and the green shapeshifters shapeshifters yeah are like just trying to find a new home they're just trying to survive at yeah. this point essentially yeah they're just trying to survive and so that's how like everything flips on its head at the end and Ronin comes to blow everything up and she blows up all the missiles punches like a handful of spacecrafts out of the sky. And then Ronan's just like, okay, we're leaving now. And I'm like, there could, there could have been a lot more. Like it was very anticlimactic. Cause I wanted to see more of it. Cause it was cool. And she's flying around with her space well, suit this, and her this, mohawk. This is uh, the thing though, as far as like, it's just, it's, it's, it makes it very anticlimactic and just, it's not a character anybody can relate to because we don't go through life that easy. No. Yeah. And I just like, I would have liked more of the cosmic, like a little bit more of a struggle. I don't know. And that's the thing is like for her going through, they're going to have to pull out some huge heavy hitter bad guys for her solo movies to even think about having right. any sort of stakes. I mean, it's kind of cool that, you know, in phase four, it sounds from the sounds of it, she'll be the leader of the Avengers in phase four, but why does she even need the Avengers? Sounds like she can do everything on her own. Yeah, it's kind of like Superman. Just makes everybody's job look easy. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, um... But again, that's still a lot of speculation. Like, there's some things. They could do some stuff and, you know, make it... Make it good. But I don't know. It's just... There's a lot of... I think fighting concern. could have been better in general. Like, even when she was, like, on the ship with her hands and those uh, metal binds still fighting, it was okay. But, you know, it was no... You know, Daredevil hallway scene or him taking on a biker gang scene. Oh, man, but those are really good. Those are really good. It's a bad comparison, I know, but like... But I know, I'm like, still. those are unfairly good. But this is this is 
Marvel movie number 21 with an unlimited budget, essentially. Yeah. Let's make some cool stuff happen. Like, I don't know. Let's see. A couple questions here. So, maybe you can help answer some of these. Okay. I'll try. So, when, you know, the scene where they show her blow up the hyperdrive. Right. Why didn't you log at Powers also? Don't know. Next question. <laughs> so, we talked about what happened to her suit during the second act. So, you know, Supreme Intelligent Lady played by Annette Benning. Right. Which I enjoyed that. Where did she find the Tesseract? Mm. Don't know. Next question. All right. I watch videos on that today and no one else knows. Okay, we talked about this a little bit. So where are her parents and why doesn't she even want to try and find them? Apparently they set it up for her dad's a dick and didn't even mention her mom. So, so that's I think that's kind of how they justify, like, why would you want to find that guy? Like, you would still want to find that guy, though. And, yeah, and like, why maybe he's her? dead. Maybe he's not. They don't tell us, though. And like, why is her dad like letting her ride go-karts to begin with? Obviously, he doesn't want her on the go-karts. So because he was like, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, why is he letting her do it to begin with? I mean, she was, what, 12, I 10? thought people still parented in the 80s. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Like, you still have control <laughs> over your child. What the heck? So there was that. Um, yeah, and I guess when they're going through her memories, like, why aren't there flashes between, like, 12 years old and 18? Again, like, like I said, there could have been, like, stuff for, like, first romances or first kisses happening or something that she was remembering, like, old boyfriends and just, but nothing. It's just all from, like, early childhood, like, 6 through 12. Early childhood and then, like, adult so you as somebody that knows the character, this going on the next question here because we're running late here. Does Captain Marvel have any weaknesses? I don't know. She, if seems, she, has she any... seems pretty Superman right now. I guarantee you, like just kind of like Superman, I guarantee you probably her weaknesses include like magic. Because right. like Superman is very vulnerable to magic. Um, sometimes technology, but it's mostly magic is his main, like Achilles heel. Right, so I well, bet I mean, he's, he's got probably... kryptonite, whether it's a solid stick or liquid form or something. He's got kryptonite at least, but I don't know. We'll see. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say probably as far as magic goes, I guarantee you a sorcerer would be like somewhat of an, an okay match for her. And did we see her? Like, do we know, is she known for engineering at all? Because this kind of ties into my next question also is, how does just twisting a couple of wires in a payphone allow you to call all the way across the universe? Yeah, see, I think and that's probably, that? it's probably more like, I wrote that off as just like her Cree, like survivalist training probably, but still like very incompatible technologies it would seem like. Yeah. Anyway, I know, I sound like we've nitpicked this a lot. Gosh, we're already running two hour, 20 minutes at least, but whew, apologize, people. Maybe we'll cut it down a little less. We'll see. But overall thoughts on this? I guess we didn't talk standout moments. What was the standout moment for you slash biggest surprise? Mm. Biggest surprise is just the cat has tentacles coming out of its mouth, and that was freaky as hell. Um, and, I mean, I guess, well, I, I mean, I guess, like, the... The space scene was cool with her flying around, punching stuff, but I just wanted more of it. It was a little bit anticlimactic because I think there should have been a little bit. They should have at least prolonged that a little bit and made it a little longer, given it a little bit more substance. And I think that would have been a huge standout moment. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, standout moment, um, other than seeing Stanley and missing that he was reading Mall Rats, I can't, man. (laughs) I'm like, I want to see that scene again now. Exactly. I'm like, I want to watch it again, too, just for um, a Standout <laughs> moments. I don't know. Standout moments. I mean, the ending was cool for what it was. It could have been way better, but it was cool for what it was. So I guess I'll go with that. Biggest surprise, though, honestly, was 
how much I dislike the movie, to be honest. I expected more from Marvel. I mean, in some ways, you're like, did you really, though? Because it's cookie cutter, cookie cutting at this point. But like, I know I still expected more from Marvel. This would have been a completely safe movie to take risks on. It was, that's then they, they played it too safe. So I guess if we start going our overall review and grade here, I mean, you want to go first? I mean, as far as grading it out, um, and I said, like, I didn't hate the movie. I didn't love it. Like, it's a Marvel movie through and through, unfortunately. I would have liked a lot more risk, a lot more, a lot more for Brie Larson to do, like, flesh her character out, because she's a good actress. She kills it in a lot of movies. So it, I don't think it's her that didn't, I just don't think she they gave her enough of like a fleshed out character to make something worthwhile out of. Now, hopefully that changes in future Captain Marvel or team up movies. Yeah, she's supposed to have a ship or something like that. Maybe we'll see that in Endgame. I don't know. Like she can obviously fly through. Yeah, space. At the very end, like they took off at light speed and she was basically took off with him at light speed, like on her own. But I thought she had a spaceship, maybe. I don't know. And that's another thing, too, is like, so she can just, she's fine in space, like nothing happens to her, like freezing. There's, yeah, there's a lot of questions that I hope they answer throughout, like, some more movies that I have, because I don't really know the character through and through. It's one that I'm less less familiar with. Okay, okay. But, I don't know, it's just, there's a lot of questions, a lot of plot holes, but it's a superhero movie, all of the Marvel movies have plot holes, so that's not really a huge detriment, but. At least we know where Thor puts his armor. Yeah. Do we? I yeah, know. I don't know. He hang, he hangs his hammer up on a coat rack. Yeah. Uh, what else was I gonna say? I don't know. Uh, as far as I thought, it was perfectly acceptable, above watchable. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like more of the same, and I was kind of bummed out because you know, especially if she's gonna be the leader of the Avengers in Phase Four, like some sort of huge part in the next phase. I need her to be more than what she is right now. Completely agree. So. I mean, as far as that, I'm going to give this movie. It's it's really I'm leaning in like a C plus B minus range just because it's more of the same and there should be more to this character. I guess I'm just going to go C plus. OK, that's fair. Like it's watchable. I, I, you I, can, average viewer will enjoy it. I hear comic book fans who know the character a lot hate it. I'm, I am I got to admit, I thought you'd like it more for some reason Maybe because I know you like the character. I mean, you talk about having a statue of her. I do. I do. It, it, Daniel's a fan. He's got statue and posters are all over the walls. No, 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 no. Just the statue. <laughs> and it's a very tasteful statue. <laughs> okay. Anyway. It's, it's across the room, not on his nightstand either. Uh, oh, anyway. So, yeah, I'd say I, I was I thought I would like this more. Like, I was ready to like this. I wasn't ready to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess let's talk about that real quick. It's like. I cannot believe like the straight up hate for this movie before it even came out. I mean, so many people from the first trailer just were looking to hate it. I just like why? Like, let's just find out. I like, mean, I, I get if there's a few things in the trailer you're not happy with. Fine. Brie Larson's kind of some people don't like her personality a little bit lately. But still, like, let's just wait and hold off all judgment. But man, some people like were just wanting to bring this movie down to its knees. But obviously that didn't happen because what? $153 million opening weekend. Yeah, that's what I saw. $455 million worldwide opening weekend. So it's doing pretty good. I don't yeah. know if it'll make Black Panther money. It could die out in the next couple of weeks, but well, I feel good, like they're strong gonna... opening. Very strong opening. Yeah, I feel like it would probably die out soon just because Avengers is end of April. 
Yes. So I think that's going to actually kneecap the earning potential. Yeah. Well, I, actually, I don't some, know. I mean, I guess Black Panther overlapped Infinity it, War. It did. So, okay, maybe not. I don't know. I it, just feel it, like... It's a whole, we'll see what happens. I mean, and there's part of me that wishes it didn't make as much money, not because I want the movie to fail. I just want them to, like, you know what? Maybe we should spend a little more time in the writing room. Well, same, it's kind of like the same thing as Star Wars. We don't want Star Wars to die. Hell no. But we want them to be better. We exactly. want them to be. We want the characters to be better. I want. We want them to write as iconic characters as Han, Leia, and Luke. And we haven't quite got that yet. So it's kind of like that's kind of right. like we, we so, want them to succeed. I guess so. For my overall thing, so Captain Marvel number twenty-one. I expected a lot more. I was actually pretty disappointed by this. I thought Marvel would do a lot better. So I just. Again, we're at the end of phase three. Let's write a better character. Let's write just let's just make it a little different. Let's take some chances. Let's have higher stakes and just still make it a good, fun movie, but better quality. So I got to say, again, I don't know if it's the writing and directing, but Brie Larson was a little bit stiff in this a little bit. So I didn't like what they did with the Nick Fury, especially his eye losing the eye thing in this. So I'm going to have to overall say this one's a kind of a D plus for me, Marvel D plus. It's not a complete failure. There's still stuff I liked about it, and maybe upon rewatch, it'll go into a C minus, maybe C. But it, as far as Marvel movies go, it is very, very average. Yeah. And there's just a couple things that, again, just take it. I think just a slight below that mark to where I do give it a D plus. Again, maybe upon rewatch, I'll like it better. But for now, D plus. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's one of those things, like kind of like it. I don't know, maybe it'll change when we see her in action in Infinity War and how that might fit together. And that could but. be. I, I do want to like the character. I want her to have a better sequel. I mean, Captain America got a better sequel. Yeah, a lot of people don't like Captain America's first movie. They call it, they say it's boring, which I don't think so. I thought it's really no, good. No, I really enjoy his first movie. Not as much as others, you're right. It's, some people do put that one down as one of the worst ones. I'm like, no, I like it. I, I mean, especially since like, how his he's, trilogy But came he and out. Tony are my favorite characters, so anything of those two. Yeah, as long as they go the Winter Soldier route of the sequel and not the uh, Thor uh, Dark World route, I think we're okay. Because Thor Dark World is still my least favorite of these MCU movies. Yeah. And, and I, I, th- I will say I do put um, Captain Marvel above Ant-Man and Wasp myself personally. Okay. I love Ant-Man as a character more, but that movie just didn't do it for me at all. I thought they really dropped the ball on that one. But so yeah, Captain Marvel, you're you're not a terrible movie, but you're down on the lower part of the MCU, in my opinion. But hey, that's what opinions are for, I guess. Yeah. All right. But yeah, you're still doing all right. 80% of Rotten Tomatoes, huge ass opening weekend. You're doing good. 152 million. Yeah. Okay. And I do look forward to seeing you in other movies. I just hope the writing's a little bit better. We've been going way over today, but hey, it's a Marvel movie. We're allowed to. Yeah. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find us. Oh my goodness. Well, if you still want to find us, <laughs> we're on movies underscore Bruce at Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Love it. Hate it. What you liked, what you didn't like. If it was all that it was hyped up to be everything and also let us know if you're super anticipating the end game trailer and end game as a movie in general oh, i'm anticipating it both trailer and hopefully yeah hopefully in this next week they're just like hey here's a trailer and then boom she's in it uh, i, I hope so i i think i think it, it's got to be around the corner with six weeks to go seven weeks to go it's got to be right around the corner 
right for a full trailer i want to say to everybody hey thank you for listening i mean this is we're almost at 30 episodes here so thank you everybody that's um downloaded us and listened we appreciate it and we'll see you next time on movies and brews cheers cheers, cheers.